Hello, and welcome to another episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons, where we talk about dragons with both determination and deliberation. So today we're going to do like a fun writing exercise with a special guest star. Also, Izzy is not talking because she is at the dinner table, but she is in the background waving and being a great part of this team. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. We're now going to introduce our guest star. So, Caitlin, hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Yes, I am Caitlin. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm currently a student at Vassar College studying chemistry, um, but I did a lot of writing in high school and prior. And it's something that I've been doing for a really long time. Cool, cool. Okay. So favorite book, your favorite book series, and your favorite author? It's hard for me to pick favorites, especially because, you know, what I like to read changes over time. The first book series that I ever really read and, like, that made me fall in love with reading was Aragon. But I reread it when I was, like, older. And, you know, they had the nostalgia, but, you know, you evaluate it from a different place. So that book series is really important to me, but I don't know if I can say it's my favorite anymore. But I guess I'll say that one. And I could also talk about, I guess, I'm currently reading a book book series I'm waiting for the next book to come out. It's called The Cradle Series, and it takes place in a really interesting world that has a pretty unique magic system and great characters that are just very unique, I think. And it's a fun read, but I'm just waiting for that next one. Yeah, The Cradle Series and Aragon. I remember that one. First book is Unfold. Yeah, the first book is Unsold, and I should mention the author of Aragon um, is Christopher Paolini, and the author of the Cradle series is Will White. Awesome. Okay, next and most important question, what is your favorite dragon? It can be either fictional, real, species, or an individual. Sephira, the dragon from Aragon, gotta be. She's a good dragon. Okay, next year, what is a fun fact about you? I have a car. <laughs> it is dubbed the Smurf Mobile. It is a very interesting shade of blue. It is a Honda Fit from almost a decade ago now. It has like 120,000 miles on it. And if you imagine like a teal blue, that is very, very bright. That is the color of my car, which is not common in our area. So that is part of why it is called the Smurfmobile. And it is just, it has a lot of character. So my fun fact is that I ride around in a little blue car and it's, it's really an adventure. It really is. Every day with that car is <laughs> an adventure. It's a fun car. Also very easy to find in nature preserve parking lots, which is where we work. Because <laughs> you two work together. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that just kind of <laughs> ended up happening. <laughs> Went to school together and now working, well, like over the summer, we're working together. Just context for the, for the listeners. 
Um, also, I have always wanted a little blue car. It's one. good. It has it has some issues. It has some dents in the back where it was kicked when the back door got stuck and the person who was trying to open the trunk went, I didn't do that and kicked it again harder. So that's why there's two of them. And you have to open the trunk in a very specific way. And one side is like the bottom side part is like nail gunned onto the car. But it's it's good. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and last question. Why do you like writing in stories? Stories are just... It, this is going to sound cliche, but it really is a portal to another world. And it's just a way to travel without traveling. And that's just so valuable sometimes. It's a really great way just to like learn about different things and to get away from where you are if you need to. And there's so much truth in even fiction writing. That's one thing that's always been impressed upon me is, you know, seeing what messages you can tell about the real world in a story that isn't so real and is just fantastic. So you can find the backs of dragons and at the same time learn that other people have the same questions and doubts as you and just learn so much about the world. And I think that's so valuable and something that really helped me get through, you know, sometimes in school and it was just something I want to be able to create for others too. So now we're going to explain the writing activity that we are going to be doing today. This is a really fun one that I did in my first creative writing class at Vassar. It's going to be a little bit different because we are all on Zoom and not in a classroom. But basically the way that this worked in the classroom was that everyone had a piece of paper in front of them. And I think we brainstormed for maybe like two minutes. But after those two minutes, we had five minutes to write the beginning of a story. So we would write for five minutes, like whatever came to mind. It was kind of like improv writing to a degree. The timer would go off, we would put our pens down, we would hand our piece of paper to the next person who was sitting next to us, we would have two, and then the person to the other side of us would hand us their piece of paper, we would have two minutes to read, and then we would have five minutes to continue their story, and so on. So we would keep passing in a circle. I think we did like five different people writing the same story. So basically like each person has to continue the story that they are given. So we have three of us today. So we'll do like the first person will just write the beginning. Second person will write the middle and the third person will write the end of the story. So by the end of this, we should have three different stories, each of which will be written by three different authors. So it's just an exciting way to like work on quick thinking and improvisational writing. And we'll see what happens. And will probably read at least one of the stories out loud. I don't know if the chirping is audible. There might be chirping. We apologize for that. Yeah, there's... I have frogs, and they make sounds sometimes. So if there's random chirping at any point, it's my frogs. (laughs) 
I didn't know that frogs chirp. Yeah, like spring peepers. They're not and spring peepers, but it's that, that's the, the exact idea. Yeah. Yeah, I had thought that we were going to be sitting and waiting. We would write one story and we'd just sit and wait when we passed it along <laughs> at first. So we will be not doing one story. No, we all get to write the whole time. So we'll see how this goes. Okay, so who wants to start with story one? Who wants to do story two? Like, I wrote little little headers. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. I, I hear something concerning. I'll be right back. Okay. And I'm nearly done eating, so I will soon be able to talk and chime in regularly. <laughs> Tune in later, listeners, to actually hear Izzy speak. You've been speaking during it, though. It's been good. I exist. Izzy does exist. <laughs> Sorry about that. I heard a tree fell down somewhere and I was like, oh no. Oh yeah. Are we doing like, um, wait, are we doing a theme or are we just writing whatever? Because I kind of like the idea of having us trying to guess what the theme was, but we don't have to do that. Like each of us, I guess to keep it... It could be a genre, or I was thinking some like it could be a genre or like a word where you're like, I have to involve a cactus and make it the center of the story. And each of us has one word that we're one word or a theme or something that we're focusing on as when we start the part one of our story. And then the second and third person have to guess what that theme is as they write along and try to write towards it. We could do a random word generator. Or we could come up with it ourselves and just decide whatever we want. Well, I was going to say, like, I could give a theme to, like, Izzy. Izzy can give a theme to Caitlin. Caitlin can give a theme to me. Oh, by, like, pri the private message? Yeah. Or we can do random word generator. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of giving themes, because then you can, like, give a fun one. And not just peanut butter. Mm. Yeah. To think of one. <laughs> I mean, we also don't have to do the theme. We can just like do it randomly. So, listeners, wonderful theme that will be a mystery. You can take that out, Lingshu. I don't want that in. <laughs> I feel like most of this middle section is probably going to be taken out. And then joke is on us when he doesn't take out anything. <laughs> the editors like to do that sometimes. Leaves in the bit about me going to check to see if a tree. <laughs> so am I giving Izzy a word and then Izzy's giving Peter a word and Peter's giving me a word? Yeah. I'm going to do story three. Okay, I'll do story two then. And I'm already on story one. Can we use the the theme, like, the word in our story? I don't see why not. Okay, so it's been about two minutes. Do you all need more time? I think I'm good, because we only have five minutes to write, so... Yeah, I'm just gonna go, I think is what I've decided. Okay, sounds good. Should we mute ourselves while we write? Uh, sure. Oh, wait, who's gonna do the timer? I have the timer, so I will I will pop back in when it is time to stop, and I'll also tell you when it's time to start.
So if you guys are ready, I'm going to start in like five seconds. So like one, two, three, four, five. Okay, everyone have fun. So that is five minutes. Feel free to finish writing your your last thought. Okay, I guess that works. I didn't write as much as I thought I would. That's fine. We had five minutes. Okay, so who's who are we passing it to? I guess we should just like go down. Yeah, so I guess I'll take over Peter's and No. Yeah. Is he? What? Are you well, your number? Yeah, you're number three, so you take over number one, which is me. But I also hear words, so I wonder if I should do. No, that's okay, right? I guess so. Or no, actually, no. Wait, I guess we should do it opposite then. Yeah. If you're number two, Peter, then I should do Caitlin's. Okay, so I'll go to story one, which was yours. Caitlin goes to story two. Okay. I don't think we need a minute, probably. Or do we? I mean, do we need two minutes? Or I think we need at least a minute. Like a minute to read? Yes. Okay. So everyone just like read and then tell me when you're done. Okay. okay. Done. I didn't write much. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I haven't finished. <laughs> Izzy, you're looking at mine? Yeah, you wrote a lot. I wrote a lot. I'm looking at you, the length of yours and Peter's. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, this is good. I just took a long time on the first sentence because I was like, I don't know how to start. So I wasted my time. I kind of didn't pay a lot of attention to the first sentence, and I just kind of went. I don't know that it's great, but I, it's... I mean, none of ours is great. It was five minutes of writing. It's good, though. Yeah. This one's... This, this is good. This is a very entertaining paragraph. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're good? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to start the five-minute timer again. So I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Okay, I kind of tried to fit your tone, Caitlin. I don't know how it worked. Yeah, I was sort of trying to do that too, but I don't think I did a great job. Okay, so I'm moving to story three. Caitlin, your story one, is it your story two, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so everyone, I'm not going to time us reading, just like make sure you read it and then tell me when you're done. Peter, were you writing that story two? Is that where you were adding on? No, story one. I started story two. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, you started story two. Oh, okay. My start was horrendous. I'm sure Caitlin improved it. 
It was not. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think mine was as funny, but. I mean, I thought I was inspired by my dinner, so. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Sorry, Kayla. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the start <laughs> that you did, Peter. <laughs> Do cookies even exist? Okay. Um, we all ready to write? Yes. Okay. In three, two, one. Have fun, everyone. finish your last thought I suppose I'm done yeah I'm just gonna end yep I'm done I may have completely forgotten where the story started but it it ended in a way maybe mine is it's still not exactly ended it's more of a like chapter one is over <laughs> chapter two you will see how if Billy prevails does anyone have a favorite story that they want to read? I was just going to read all of them. Yeah, we should just read all of them. Yeah. We could talk, we could read them, and then the people who, well, I guess only one person won't know the theme, but whoever didn't know the theme for that story should try to guess what the theme was, maybe. Which story do we want to start with, and can we save story one for last? Sure. <laughs> Or does anyone else have strong opinions? We could we could go backwards, I guess. Okay. Kate, let, let's do the person who started it so you can read the ending out loud with us. <laughs> does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So the reading of story three, which I began. <laughs> he stood on the brink of a wall that towered above the earth, hands on his hips, and surveyed all that lay before him. It had not been an easy climb, but the man with no name had hoped it would be worth it. Legends of a prosperous city, Haven's Landing, had driven him across a continent. Now he was so close to his destination, but it felt no more real than it had when he stood miles away on the coast of the Gardinian Sea. The landscape before him did not hold much promise. It was a dry, scraggly place where the soil had cracked and the structures that marked the height of mankind had begun to crumble. Even as he stood on the wall, he could feel that one minute the wind would gust with a frightening chill, and the next the hot sun would beat down on him, oppressive and bright. He braced himself for the long journey ahead and started across the arid plain. Picking his way between the dried vegetation, his boots found crumbling footholds in the loose dirt that was lifted by the wind and blown in his face. The miles he had yet to go were only a small fraction of what lay behind him on this road few had traveled, and fewer still had completed. Haven's Landing may pluck the hard strings of fancy, the wistful sighs of listeners who hear its name, vocalizing its long-sought promise and fateful disappearance. Ages gone by, its name meant earth, hard stone, and concrete riches. Now its name was a byword for faith or luck. This man had faith. Whether or not Haven's Landing brought the riches or the wonders that so many people believed it would, this man had faith he would gain some 
something, something from his travels. And not just because he believed the stories, but because he had to believe in them. He had to believe in something. He used to believe in his ability to return home, but that was no longer a possibility. His home was gone. He had believed in the wonders that simple gestures, like the giving of a cookie, could give. But there was no longer anyone to give a cookie to. Now he just believed. Upward he climbed, over the wall and over the rocks and fallen trees, over water racing down and bricks that had long since fallen out of buildings. He passed discarded bags holding the possessions of others who had also believed. And that is the end of story three. That is good. How, how well did we fit the theme? Well, I think. Um, <laughs> Izzy, do you want to try to guess what the theme was? So this, <laughs> so just for context, since I'm not sure this will be in it earlier, but this theme was decided upon by um, Peter and then given to me to write. By random word generator. Yes. We just kept clicking until we saw one we liked. Yes. Um, my, well, when I read your paragraph, Caitlin, I thought the theme might be earth or dirt or something. But now I'm thinking, re reading Peter's, I'm also glad that Peter worked in their own theme into the paragraph. But um, I gave Peter their theme, so I know what it was. But now I'm thinking it might be um, still dirt. It might be rocks. <laughs> or it might just be city. Actually, it's probably city. Does any of that have any basis in the fact we do earth science? Or is that just because of the writing? I, w I don't know why, but We're in both your, earth scientists. <laughs> in your uh, paragraph, Caitlin, I just latched on to the fact that you talked about dirt for like a single sentence and I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good guess. That is not the theme. Is it city? The theme, no, the theme was disaster. Oh, oh. So I want apocalyptic. <laughs> what do you think of the ending that we eventually got to? sort of ending first of all i'd like to say with that ending the some things and having to believe that's like that helps with the theme and then he passed discarded bags holding the possessions of others who had also believed just kind of cement it's like ambiguous but also kind of cements this like desolate feeling which i think is good you don't really find out what happens to the man so yeah that's interesting i like that he never finds the city. Oh, maybe we should say for context, the middle part of like the second person who went didn't know the theme. So I was writing just totally guessing. And for the other ones, yeah. I should also clarify which parts who wrote what. So I wrote up to the part when it said, even as he stood on the wall, he could feel that one minute the wind would gust with a frightening chill and the next the hot sun would be down on him, impressive and bright. And then Izzy took over and wrote up until ages gone by, its name meant earth, hard stone, and concrete riches. Now its name was a byword for faith or luck. Which I like that too, because it has an interesting dichotomy between actual earth and um, solidity of like the times, which is cool, but okay. And then Peter wrote the end past that. 
I definitely wanted him to find the city, but five minute timer kind of ruined that. Thing is, the theme is disaster. If he finds the city, I guess you're looking at the aftermath of a disaster, but a true disaster is to end up in this awful place on nothing but hope and to find nothing. He will find something. He will find something, but it's not what he was hoping to find. This man is clearly a survivor, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's nice that he still has like faith and hope in this disaster. Yeah. The apocalypse isn't all bad, maybe. <laughs> I also kind of wanted to leave it ambiguous as to what exactly had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if someone else would try to explain, either add other people or dialogue or try to explain what exactly the disaster was, but we all just kind of went on with the idea of a man looking for a city that isn't there, which is cool. I mean, I had no idea the theme was disaster, so I was just like, man on a journey, searching and searching. So should we look at story two now? Story two. Okay, so story two, I started writing story two. I have the intro, and then Caitlin wrote the middle part, right? And then Izzy wrote the final part. And I was the one who did not know the theme. I will guess the theme after we read it. I have a very strong guess. (laughs) Um, I would like to point out that I believe it was not a two in the end of story three. (laughs) So Maybe. I don't know. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But awesome. I'm excited to see how this ended. Okay. Story two. Despite all of the wonderful options that the cafeteria offered, Billy could not find a single cookie. Though he searched far and wide for anything resembling a chocolate chipper, or a rainbow cookie, or even an almond peanut butter one, though he typically despised peanut butter, there simply were no cookies. By his third semester of school, he had given up any hope of finding a cookie. Now, whenever he entered the dining hall, he sighed, What even was the point of a liberal arts education if there were no cookies to be had? Had he even dreamed up the very idea of a cookie? Did they even exist at all? One day, as art history was coming to a close, he overheard Cornelius Borright speaking to Linda Mackinaw. A bakery just opened up six blocks south of here. I was thinking of going, but their hours are ridiculous. They don't open until 3 a.m. and they close at 5 a.m. I have an 8.30 class every day, so I just can't go. That was all Billy needed to hear. The prospect of a bakery with cookies. Real cookies? It was enough to make him bolt out of the classroom and down six blocks. Not that the prospect of running six blocks was particularly appealing, mind you. Nor was staying up so late when he, too, had 8.30 classes. But for cookies, though... Burning himself with a five-hour energy borrowed from his roommate's stockpile and packing his backpack with three more bottles just in case, Billy left his dorm room with a determined gleam in his eye, rarely seen at that hour. The 11th hour, or rather, 11.02 p.m. to be exact, is the hour generally reserved for panic at impending midnight deadlines, hasty typing, and even hastier revisions. But today, Billy was making his move. 
He had mapped out the route and calculated the walking time to the bakery. Even with a deceptively short distance of six blocks, one should never take chances. Also, being somewhat wary of walking about town in the wee hours of the night, Billy decided that he would arrive at midnight and wait the three hours for the bakery's impending opening, and he would snatch the first freshly baked chocolate chip cookie off its shelf, and he would stuff his life savings, $300 more or less, into the hands of the bakery owners, and he would secure himself a lifetime supply, or supply until the semester's end, of cookies. Okay. A very mysterious theme, Caitlin. I think the theme was cookies. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It was very good. (laughs) I couldn't figure out how to talk about the theme without talking about cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I I gave you that theme because I I was thinking about food. It was so good. (laughs) That's fair. Izzy, you really do be thinking about food, though. I was only maybe eating for the beginning part of this episode. This is amazing, though. I really like it. I love, like, the overhearing of the, the two other characters. Like, the whispered tones of the bakery being open. I don't know. It sounds so so exciting. And then it's just like, I want to know what happens. Does he get his cookies? I don't know. And I, I hope he does. Well, I thought of two things. I'm thinking there's literally a cookie chain that is open at midnight, like in Charlottesville. And I think it's just in general, there's a cookie chain called like Insomnia Cookies or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is that they give you cookies in the middle of the night. Or I don't know how late they do it, actually, but at least midnight. I was like, there once and it was during the day, but mm-hmm. I was there once and I was like, what's a place that sells cookies and a reason that it would be hard to get the cookies? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I've only been to one in Charlottesville, so I know for sure they have one there because it's college town. I was in Rochester, which is also a college town. <laughs> it's very, It's a very comical tone. It's great, the tone of the story. Oh, yeah. And yet very serious. You know, this guy is going to, he's planning. Yeah. He's making all these plans. He's really going for it. <laughs> and it seems like a thing that, like, someone would do. <laughs> Yeah. Now, this is totally something a, a, a college student would be like, I have papers to write, but what will I do? Focus on getting those cookies. And I will plan the exact minute to which I must leave to go get the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and steal my roommate's five-hour energy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mildly just reminds me of the Dees, the dining hall at Vassar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like late-night Dees. Also, early morning Ds, 7.01 every morning, the best time to be there. Incorrect. <laughs> Although I rarely went to, to the Ds at either of those times. Late night was good. I went to late night. I was not there at 7 a.m. I was once. We set a bagel on fire, but that's a whole other story. Oh. That wasn't on purpose. It got stuck in the toaster. We were there for 18 hours because we wanted to set a record for being there the longest in the Ds. 18 hours? Yeah, we showed up at like 7 a.m. and left at like 1 a.m. or something. Hate to break it to you, you did not set the record. Oh, well, that's the longest the Dees is open at that point because they had reduced the hours. The years prior, 
they had longer records, but I mean, technically, in terms of people I know, not like consecutive because it does close and we did not stay there overnight. But I had the same booth for at least like a day and most of the second day. Yeah, no, this was consecutive. We didn't leave. Okay. We didn't go outside. Just <laughs> like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I just got there. So like I got there 701 every morning. And then so I got my booth every morning. And then there was just one time where like I wanted to get it the next day and like stay there the whole day. So I stayed there the whole day for like the first day. And then I came back the next morning and had it until like dinner time. That was a long two days. There are some long days. I cannot imagine. Yeah, this poor person just looking for cookies and there are no cookies. And that would make me so sad. It sounds so silly, but it would really make me so sad. I love cookies. This is the true disaster theme. <laughs> I mean, I was such a fan of the um, chocolate chip cookies that the Deeth had. And oh no. oh, no, that is no, no, no. I like I like like soft chocolate chip cookies, which those were not. Oh, I like so them, good. especially if you put them in the microwave. They're so good. Putting things in the microwave helps. This is true. Okay, I think we're deviating. I was going to have a podcast about cookies. We could do that. I really love cookies. <laughs> I'm very excited to read this next story. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's oh, a real adventure. I deviated from the obvious theme. So. Yeah, you have to try to guess the theme, but I don't know if you'll be able to do it. <laughs> I have, like, no idea. I mean, it's definitely like food. I mean, when I tell you what the theme is, it will probably make sense. At least the beginning will make sense. I don't know if it will make sense after that. Yeah. Like, just Izzy's part. Yeah. Okay. Mine doesn't have to do with my part. I just went with what was going on in the story. I didn't go back to the theme. That's fine. Because I meant to ha- write more so that it would be a little bit more obvious what the theme was. And I got hung up being like, the first sentence must be the best sentence. Let's see what happened. Okay. Secret word story title here. I put I very creative title. I, I, I did that. <laughs> it's me. Reaching, pulling until her shoulder groans. The woman swims through the thick liquid slicing down with flat hands and pushing her palms behind her. Making quick work, she squints in the dim light, filtering through the milky fluid surrounding her, passing a slice of carrot and healthy chunk of celery. She passes a piece of chicken and surfaces onto a floating piece of crust, hefting her spoon beside her onto the flowery ledge. With a flourish, she slams the spoon down into the crust through a thick layer of marmalade, signaling to the audience that she had successfully completed the first leg of the race. The crowd cheered, Audra, Audra, Audra. Empowered by their words, she charged ahead, running along the 50-meter bacon strip, moving closer and closer to the finish. With each step, her foot pushed through a layer of crispy flesh, but it was soon over. 
She pulled her feet out of the bacon flakes and hurled over the jam pit. She wasn't going to make it, or so she thought. She reached out with her arms and grabbed a large hole in the Swiss cheese. With a heave, she forced herself to rise back up onto the track. But not before Eduardo, three-time champion of the Centennial Stop and Shop Dash, vaulted above her on a stick of asparagus. For a moment, her heart dropped. Then she braced herself. This was not the time to lose heart. She quickly looked around for anything that would help her to retake the lead. There, a clementine. Quickly, she rolled it onto the track. She carefully turned it so the round part looked, was down like a wheel and climbed on. Immediately, it started rolling down the track, speeding up as it went. She had to run desperately to keep from falling off. All the while, though, she was gaining on Eduardo. She let out a gleeful yell, causing Eduardo to turn and look. His face went a little ashen when he saw the behemoth wheel of orange speeding toward him. He threw himself to the side of the track out of harm's way as the clementine sped past him. Victory to the citrus! Oh boy, that went in a very different direction. I don't know if the people are shrunk or if the food is huge. I don't know if anyone knows that. I don't know. My opinion, well, I had started writing it thinking that it was a giant lake and that the person was person-sized, but now it sounds more like the people are mini-sized and the food is regular. Was it actually like milk or just like the milky fluid thing? It's a pot pie lake. Oh, okay. Okay, so the theme. Yeah, this one is not as obvious as Cookie. (laughs) I feel like the obvious answer is food of some sort, or like pot pie. But also, like, I don't know, there's something in there too with like the shoulder groaning and like the flat hands and the palms like pushing through. So like, also maybe something there, but I'm probably just gonna go with like pot pie. No. But yeah, the yeah. swimming swimming gestures were a clue. She's swimming like you would swim in a body of water, but it is a pot pie that I decided to make a pot pie lake. I had pot pie for dinner. Oh, so the theme is swimming. Is lake. I was going to have her do like a lady of the lake pose and like hold the spoon out to like give to someone like you would give the spoon as the, instead of a sword. But um... I didn't finish that part. I only got to her getting no. impressed. And then we turned it into a triathlon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is not bad. I like it. It's very com. It ended up being pretty comical. Mm-hmm. I thought that word was good because I felt like you could go in a lot of directions with it, which evidently <laughs> is what happened. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was Lady of the Lake. And then I was like, how can I do that in a way that is different than just King Arthur. I think this particular story really exemplified what I think of this exercise as. Whereas like the other two stories, I think we consistently like continue the story in a reasonable way. And not to say that this is unreasonable, but I think it's so interesting to see like where you can go with a story with different perspectives and just seeing it go from like a lake and like swimming to like some weird food triathlon where like she's running over bacon and then like cycling on a on a orange so i think it was like super neat 
Yeah. Oh, and for that part, um, I obviously, my part ended for the hefting her spoon beside her onto the flowery ledge was my bit. And then from with a flourish to vaulted above her on a stick of asparagus is the part that Peter wrote and did a lovely triathlon bacon, bacon dash. And then from for a moment, her heart dropped to victory to the citrus was Caitlin's edition. I love that last line. I had to end it and I was like, there it is. <laughs> Definitely the best line here. <laughs> Glad to contribute. <laughs> I like how it turned out. I think they all came out really good. And it's like, you know, you don't need to write a novel to write a story. Like, these are all self contained stories. Not a single one of these is longer than a page. Mm-hmm. I mean, short stories exist. Yeah. I mean, in short stories, you know, when I think of a short story, I think of a couple pages, but it doesn't really even need to be that long. Yeah. I mean, Drabble is like a few hundred words or a hundred word. Yeah, there's lots of different forms. So anyone have any closing thoughts? I like how, I mean, I guess for this, it seems like comedy gets across more easily in short, tiny bits, unless you're like, because I guess, something, yes, sorry, just something either funny or like a little bit disturbing, like, I think strong emotions with like a powerful tone work well in this format. And it helps when you are exchanging writing with other people to have that so they can kind of emulate it. I think too, it's just like super useful to write something and to like let go of the sentences, like not to dwell on them for too long. Which is such a problem in writing. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening to our fun, wonderful episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. And thank you so much to Caitlin for coming on and helping us write some very exciting and fun stories. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Double thanks, Caitlin. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you. It was a good time. And thank you, listeners. And thank you, listeners. Yes. We have faith that you (laughs) exist. So how much of our cookie tangents can we get left in there? And then yesterday there was a septic fair. <laughs> so basically <laughs> Peter's dead. <laughs> um.
Um, you guys did have... kayaking yesterday. Yeah, that that's you. Don't you have venomous snakes in Virginia? We do, but I mean, not in like the suburbs. The only egg bagels we have are bagels with egg on them. Virginia is weird. <laughs> no, that's everywhere outside of New York. Yeah. That's everywhere? Yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know how people live outside of New York, or at least close to New York. 